All right, guys, thanks for coming back to Black and White Christianity, episode 17. We're so thankful that you're here with us. We're your host, Walter Mitchell. Tyreek Osborne. And tonight, we're going to be talking about what is love? What is love? I think this particular topic needs to be talked about. Uh, I think it's a pertinent one to talk about because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what love is. Before we get started, Tyreek, how you been? Good, man. Good. Mac, man, how are you? I'm good. Thankfully, it's raining here in Indiana excessively, so everything is wet. <laughs> <laughs> how about your region? No, it was hot today. It was a hot one out here. So, yeah, everything is nice and dry. All right. Let's just dive right into the topic. There, what is what would you say is the biggest difference between how love is talked about in the culture and how love is talked about in the Bible? How love is talked about in the culture is emotions, and how love is talked about in the Bible is an action. Good, direct. I like that. I want to touch on a couple of different topics about that before we get started. I'm going to read a scripture from 1 John 3, starting in verse 16, going through 18. By this we know that he laid, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but indeed and in truth. So like Tyreek just said, there is a staunch difference in how we see love portrayed in the culture and how we see love portrayed in the Bible. Now, I didn't say the church because unfortunately, I think a lot of the culture is in the church. So I'm going to just go strictly out of the word and out of the text. One of the major ways I believe that the culture gets love wrong is defining it as tolerance. That is a big um, trigger for me in when, when love is categorized as tolerance. If you love me, you'll love me even though I'm in rank sin, or even if this is rank idolatry, or, you know, you'll love me even though I'm a homo, I have a homosexual marriage or any of this. If you love me, you will approve and tolerate my lifestyle. And that's not correct. That's, a not, that's, a, that's an incorrect definition of love. Tyreek, what are your thoughts on some of the things you see in the culture against what scripture says that have to do with love? You pretty much nailed it down right there. I mean, <clears throat> I guess what I like, pretty much what I was saying earlier, like, like, you know, love is an action. Also, uh, love is love. You, God is love. So people who use love in vain, you know that if they do not have Christ in their life, they are not following a guideline via scripture because scripture is the inspired word of God that you would know how to conduct yourself. The, um, that's your scripture, so I'm not going to read that. I'm going. To, I'm not going to recite that. I'm going to say, 
the verse that I have for everyone here today, one of the verses is Proverbs chapter 3, 11 through 12. And it says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son delights in. So love is about correction. It's not about tolerance. It's not about letting you do whatever you want. It's not about feelings or anything like that. Love is adhering to scripture and following forth in what you do. And when you do those things, that's how you show you love someone. There's so much scripture that talks to situations in people's lives. And if you, and there's, and there's consequences via rewards or woes. So if you love somebody, you would tell them, hey, this is going to lead you down a path that is going to destroy you. Not, hey, that's a real dangerous thing that you're doing, but as long as you're happy doing it. And we really have to be cognizant of what it really means to love somebody or truly care about somebody. So that's what I would have to say. So off of what you just said, then, if you don't get disciplined, then are you loved? No. I mean, <laughs> the scripture behind that also, I can't, I'm sorry, I cannot remember if you have that. Do you, do you have that scripture that like, you know, well, right here in mind, you see the Lord disciplines whom he loves. You have to correct people when they are off base because in your correction, they're not going to die. They're not going to be destroyed. You're not going to beat them down to a place like a pulp. But if you allow the world to correct them, there's no guarantee that they'll see the other side of that correction. Like, look at people who are getting corrected by being in jail, by being put in jail. Some people will never see that outside of that jail ever again. One time offense or multiple time offenses, whatever it is, their, their punishment is till they die. Now, if somebody might have talked to them, corrected them, put them on a different path, would they be there? Who's to say? But that's the true love is giving them that opportunity to get told, hey, this is this way will lead to destruction instead of having to find it out. You know, uh, for what something you just said, it's it's talking, telling the truth. And that's what the first John passage says. Let us let us love not in word or talk, but indeed in truth. And I think that's an important part to talk about is in truth. If I love you, I'll tell you the truth. See here, here we again in culture, feelings, hmm, get our jazz hands out there. We have feelings and every feeling needs to be <laughs> accounted for, mm. but we don't like to account for truth because truth oftentimes is tied to hurt feelings. And so if hurt, fe if hurt feelings are on the horizon, We'll stifle back truth. Now, my question is, is that love? No. Because if you care more about their feelings than you do about their being in truth, I would have to say that's appeasement. That's coddling. That's not love. Love is, that's why it's called hard love. You're doing something that's difficult because you care enough to chastise the one you love. So the in truth part is another thing that people have a very, very difficult time with. We've had this conversation 
um, earlier today, actually, we were just, it, it wasn't necessarily on this topic, but it was, it was um, understanding to give somebody the truth that does not have the understanding to value the truth will despise what you have to say. Like at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to receive that because like you said, their love language is feelings and appeasement and uh, acceptance of everything, any and everything. You don't understand all things are not worth participating in or doing just because to you, they feel right. That, that's, that's, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. And then when you look at it, I apologize, one more thing. And then you look at it, you look at the scripture that I read, the Lord is disciplining or chastening someone. You can also look at discipline in the way of, I understand instruction and therefore, regardless of how I feel, what I may want to do, I'm going to follow what I am told to be in line with scripture. So, I do not have to be disciplined and put back on a straight and narrow. I on the straight and narrow. This is what I want to be. It is my desire to not have to feel this kind of way or be put in a situation of shaming. Like, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think one of the another thing you said that's just <clears throat> excuse me is about trying to give somebody in love understanding that has nothing in a way that they can value the understanding so they don't care is i think in its essence the throwing your pearls to swine mm -hmm. when you are trying to give godly truths to an ungodly person uh, first they have to be a new creation then they can with uh, retain the godly truths um so off of all this that's been said when we hear in the culture, I love you. I love you. It's just a lot of talk. And we are a culture of talk. We love us some talk. We just like to talk, 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 talk. But we're not so much a culture anymore of movers and shakers, doers, people that want to get their hands dirty, people that want to get in there. And that's the essence of what the scriptures would tell you that true love is indeed, deed being the absolute action of it and truth being the thing that you have to make sure you're speaking into someone that is off the path. Hey, look, that's not correct. I love you enough to tell you. Same with our friendship. If you get off something that's unbiblical or unwise, if I, I love you enough to tell you. Therefore, you should also want me to tell you because I've said, hey, look, I care enough and love you, so therefore I tell you. But we that have also environment as well I don't want you to lose your spot but quickly we talked about that on another podcast it also goes into environment I have given you the free will to speak into my life if you see something that's off please let me know so that I may address and you do not have to worry about backlash or me coming at you or me getting in my feelings and not being able to receive what you said because I know that you're a brother in the Lord and that also ties into being of one mind and one body well how can you be of one mind and one body you all have to follow the guidelines set here in scripture so as you're following scripture and you're doing what scripture tells you to and everyone around you is doing the same thing, 
you have the kingdom there. And the kingdom is love because God is love. So therefore you can't go outside of that because you're not going off of an emotion. I could be angry with you, but I will still do right by you because scripture tells me to, not because mm. I want to, not necessarily because I want to, because I'm being obedient. And that's what it is. The Bible tells us if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We also talked about that in the previous podcast. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So if we're supposed to be, if we're Christians and we're supposed to be being Christ-like, we need to be keeping his commandments. We need to be following what the scripture says. That's how you have the kingdom here on earth. Not, I don't feel like that, or I want this or that, or this person said whatever to me, so I'm going to act accordingly to how their energy is. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. We get thrown off by that in the culture, or like you said, also in church. You couldn't have helped but taking my scripture. You tried, but you did it I anyway. Tried so hard. <laughs> it's all good. All right. We were going to get there anyway, and I'm glad you brought that up uh, because I think that's important. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There's an S, there's a obedience factor in there. Uh, love means you're going to be obedient. Uh, same with children to their parents. If the children actually cares about the parents, they will obey the parents. That's why the discipline is there to show them what is expected. And I think that's another big part of, of this whole thing. If someone is never shown what's expected, how can they ever fall into a place to show proper love if they never understood what proper love looks like? We have a whole bunch of people that have no idea what love is, and we're expecting them to just happen onto it. They have to be seen by people that are following the Almighty. Now, I'm going to adjust because we're talking about, unless you want to say something, go ahead. No, go ahead. I want to I transition because this is going to be the, a little bit more harder topic we're going to talk about, but this is something that love is tied to. And I'll ask you this. What is your opinion about the difference between love versus lust? Because a lot of times love gets tied into lust. Why would you say, what would you say the major differences is in those two things? It, it all comes down to what I've been saying. One, one, one is obedience. One is understanding your role and then acting in that role, in that position. And then another, which is lust. Lust is, lust is a physical attraction. It's something that's pleasing to the eye. It's something that's going to satisfy a desire for the, for the time being, for, for a brief moment. Love lasts, less is temporary. Mm. Well said, good. Um, couldn't agree more. But somehow we've tied the two together because if I'm physically attracted to you and you make me feel all euphoric and I get the flutters in the stomach, that must be love. That, mm -hmm. That's got to be love. I'm feeling love right now. It's happening. Are you, is it <laughs> happening for you? It's happening. Like <laughs> there's this, there's this, there's this feeling that people get and they're like, this is it. It's because someone hasn't explained the biblical understanding of what true love is. And it is laying down your life for a brother. 
That is the deepest love you can do. That is what Christ did. And we should be emulating him in every aspect of our life. And so when we, when we, when we see love and, you know, you have, um, what is it, fr free love, party on, or something like that, that is a misusage of the word. Because mm -hmm. what they're trying to do is they're trying to take love as a good thing, which it is if used properly, but it's a good thing. And they're trying to paint over all the filth with love. Hey, look, we're just all in love and we're doing our thing past the weed and all the other drugs. And let's just have one big orgy here. It's all love. No, it's not. It's not all love. It's lust. It's filth. It's, it's the desiring of the flesh. And then, and then you'll use that. And then you'll, you'll have people that are misuse scripture. I have to say on purpose. Oh, love will cover a multitude of sin. Stop. Stop. You're, you're, you're seeing that love is going to cover a multitude of sin that you're committing willingly. Like right now. While right sinning. People, while sinning. Don't worry. Love is going to cover this. Like stop it. Stop. <laughs> that is not correct. Also, to speak to your point earlier, that's how you get love at first sight. Understand there is no such thing. There's no such thing. Oh, love at first sight. You seen this person? They didn't say a word. You didn't have a conversation. You don't know who they serve. You don't know nothing about their character. Who like that? You know nothing. You just seen them and you was like, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Gotta have me some of that. I gotta put a ring on that ASAP. Stop it. Stop it. That's lust. It's not love. And like oh. you said, those butterflies and all of that stuff. Lust. Lust. <laughs> that's anxious, anxiety, uh, excitement nervousness all of that stuff mixed together that's what that feeling is that's not love it, 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 might, that's not. <laughs> it might be light constipation you might be confusing gastrointestinal distress with enjoying how you someone looks i you took it you took it for i could say it sorry again go ahead <laughs> go ahead no, i'm saying and i didn't mean to i didn't know but yeah man yeah yeah before you before you take the plunge, before you dive on in, how about you go ahead and get some Pepto-Bismol, take a little bit of that, and then see how you feel for a little bit. Give, give it a beat. Give it a beat before you act on that kind of stuff. I, I agree with you. And the what I what I what I do think the phrase is better suited instead of love at first sight. I think you're absolutely right. Lust at first sight is definitely mm -hmm. a thing. You can lust at first sight, no doubt. You can look at a woman. Or, or if you be a female, look at a man and say, oh, yeah, I would like some of that. That is not mm -hmm. love. Love's an action. And I'm not talking about you doing anything with that person. And now you're making love like n not in that way either. OK, so let's let's not be confused here. <laughs> yeah. um, another thing that came to my mind when you were talking was the fact that you, you're using scripture. Um out of context with the love covering a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that because that, because what I also hear is for some reason I can't find this scripture, but I also hear God is love. God is love. So what, what is all, what is all the, you know, the, the wrath talk or the, Oh, I can't do that. God is love. And if God loves me, he should want me to be happy. You know, we had a, we had a, a mutual friend at one time uh, who remained unnamed who said, uh, God put all of this here and he loves me, so he should want me to enjoy it. I disagree wholeheartedly. No. 
Yes. Uh, I disagree with that wholeheartedly because uh, just because you have the freedom doesn't mean you should partake in everything. I, I mm. think that's how people really get uh, messed up. They really get lost. And because just because you haven't tried something doesn't mean you need to try it to realize it's bad. That's how people get hooked. Um, Absolutely. So I, I hear the word love, uh, Pastor Ron. I am going to find this. Uh, First scripture. John 4 16. Oh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. But okay. thank you for that. No, yeah. uh, the point I found it. The point I was trying to make was when you say God is love, that is one third of an almighty God. That is half of an almighty God. That is one part of his characteristic. And if you look at him and only that, you are seeing a one-sided God. You are seeing a two-dimensional God. Now, let me read a little bit of scripture here to show another characteristic of God. This is a book that probably a lot of you don't spend a lot of time in, but you should. Nahum, starting in verse two, the Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. Now, I don't hear a lot of people screaming that from the rooftops. I hear the God is love, but I don't hear the God is wrath. I don't hear, oh, mm -hmm. he is an avenging God. And if you make him jealous, his anger will burn against you. But I don't, I don't hear that on the party bus. So when I, when, I, when I hear that, it bothers me because that's true what you're saying, but it's not the whole thing. It's not the full package. Just like how the culture wraps up the word love, you have not wrapped it in its entirety. And you've certainly not wrapped it how the one that created it meant it to be wrapped. That's the other thing. We're taking something that's not ours and making it ours and distorting it and twisting it because we want it to match what we want. We want tolerance. We want acceptance. Absolutely. Um, I, I can't agree more. Um, I, want, I wanted to, I, <laughs> my scripture that I was going to share next is, is, is back on the, uh, the, the kind of train that we, that we just got off. So <laughs> that's fine. I wanted to come with another scripture here. No, I wanted to come with another scripture here. So hold, hold on for one second. This is this is going. This is this is another example here of. Uh, while you find it, while you find it, go ahead, take your yeah, time, I got, guys. I want I want to let you know right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is First Corinthians chapter six. Um, we're going uh, verses nine through ten. Not not very long. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, I'm going to keep reading, or the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. So <laughs> understand. These characteristics of people will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is the opposite of hell. So kingdom of God up here, hell over here, hell down here. <clears throat> people, some, some things that people say is like, how could a loving God send people there? Like, how can a loving God give you another breath every single day because jesus christ is the one that sustains the earth and everything in it 
and everything above it and everything beneath it is Jesus. It's the reason why everything is moving, breathing, shaking, doing what it does. It's because of Jesus Christ. He is the sustainer. So understand that when this time is up, there is a perfection that is that is already is created and established. And the Lord wants those that are his to enjoy his rest in that perfection. You cannot have that if you have nonsense along with it. It is unjust to think that the Lord is a respecter of persons. And just because you had great intentions, but you live like a heathen that you're going to get into heaven. Where, where, where's the love in that? If everybody was just you, you live like a complete animal here on earth. So come on up here and to this beautiful set of right thing. And then maybe you'll just stop once you get there. Yeah, I understand. That is love. That separation of nonsense. We've been on this earth long enough to know that there is deep injustice. Before you can appreciate the sunshine, you have to endure rain. You have to endure storms. You have to do stuff like that before you can truly appreciate the sun. So mm. it's the same thing here. We have to endure here. We have to go through things here. But the Lord loves us and he has a place established for us. And then he has a place established for the others. That was never meant to be for us. But we volunteer for that. We volunteer for that when we messed up in the garden. And I say we, people like to blame Adam and Eve, understand that you right now, if you took yourself inside of a bathroom or wherever and looked in the mirror, you would understand that you are not perfect. You make mistakes. They made a mistake, period. Whether they, whether it was intentional or you know it was a slip up, they got to see whatever you want to call it. Mistake is a mistake. Price had to be paid, period. So understand that He's given us Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, has come here to save us from a multitude of our sins, past, present, and future. Then he's given us the Holy Spirit to reside on the inside, to seal us, to be a, a reminder of scripture for us, to bring scripture to our memory, to also comfort us. All of these different things, we can have the kingdom of God right here on earth. But too many people are looking to the further the future or they're trying to say, you know, you got people that are also just waiting on a deathbed. Like, you know, deathbed confession and then I'm going to get into heaven. I'm going to live crazy here, deathbed confession. Is that love? Is that fair? Is that love? Is that justice? Is that something that makes you think that, oh, yeah, a God that would allow that is a loving God? Come on. You have to put yourself. Go ahead. I think that I think that should be a completely other podcast too. the justice and mercy of God. I I, I think that's just going to comment on one of the things you said about hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, it's not talked about enough. Uh, And second of all, God's God's justice demands that there be a hell because if, if there was no hell, he would not be just because there has to be a place for the ungodly to go. And I liked what you said also about his love is separating the ones that love him from the ones that don't love him. There has to be a separation. Uh, same as though there has to be one at earth as much as we can do it. Uh, we, we, we are in the world, not of the world, so we can't completely separate ourselves. We would not be here anymore. Um, but 
the the essence of love. Um, I like. I'm going to kind of reference First John again. There's a lot of people here in America that are rich. A lot of us, compared to the rest of the world, all of us are rich. Even some of our poor people are rich. Um, but there's a lot of rich people in the church. A lot of rich people. And I can't help but think that there's a lot of poor people in the church too. And that disparity, that difference between shouldn't be there. Um, because First John says, if you see a brother in need and you close your heart off to him, how can the love of God be in you? So how often are we in church, in the congregation, and we, we know these people are struggling. And we know we have the means to help, but we kind of do one of these numbers and walk by, hope they don't see us. That's not love. That is not love. That's avoidance. That's assuming God didn't just see what you did. Like you're getting away with something here on earth and it will not be brought to charge in heaven. I want, I want to be very clear while we're on this. The love of the world is different than godly love. Mm -hmm. So we really, really, really need to understand what love is so we can then understand what love isn't. We got to understand what it is first before we can understand what it isn't. Same like what you said about the sunshine. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that you have to understand what it is before you understand what it's not. And that is something that we need to talk about more. Here's the other thing. A lot of people just don't care. And that's the part that bothers me. That phrase I hate the most uh, because it, as, if you are a believer, you are going to care. You're going to care about others. You're going to care about others above yourself. You're going to care about the brotherhood, the sisterhood, all of the family of Christ. You're going to care about them. Um, so this idea of not caring is not love. Uh, mm -hmm. When you say, oh, I don't care how it plays out. I don't care how it goes. That's not love because love is care. You should care. Um, and so there's just a big misunderstanding constantly. And, and I love what you said there, because now we've gone from where we were and we've wrapped it back around to what I wanted to share here. So you said, what does what does love look like? What it, you have to know what it looks like. You have to know what it doesn't look like so you can know what it looks like. Or if you're, or if you're, but yeah, I'm about to say flip flop. Or if you're a believer, you can read, you can read in scripture what love looks like, so you can understand what it does not look like. So therefore, I'm going to go ahead and read First Corinthians chapter 13, four through seven. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongdoing. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always ho hopes, always preserves. How can you do those things? How can you do those things? The only way it's possible for you to be in a situation where you can always trust, where you can, um, where you can always trust, always hope, and always persevere, persevere is to create that environment around you. And that environment has to be brothers and sisters in the Lord, period. Do not have other people around you that do not believe like you. The Bible tells us to not be unequally yoked. That's relationships, uh, romantic or other, um, family members, 
um, fr friends that you have uh, that you've accumulated over time, all of this different kind of stuff. If they don't believe like you believe, they are not capable of, I, I, I have to say they're not capable of trust. They're not capable to be able to love you in the way that we love as believers because they're not held to any kind of standard. Their idea of love is whatever their idea of love is. Our idea of love is told to us, is dictated to us, is this is how it's done. And I have shown you not only by giving my only begotten son, but he has shown you by giving his life, his very life for you. While you were yet sinners, he loved you. And that's the kind of things that we need to understand. We like the way that we need grace and we need love and we need to, to have our shortcomings covered down on and forgiven and uh, being talking to gently and coming alongside and helped out. We also have to give that to our brothers and sisters. We cannot be in a place of judgment or, or um, you know, any, any other kind of situation where we are looking down on somebody that is supposed to be our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're supposed to be trustworthy. We're supposed to be long suffering. We're supposed to uh, be kind. We're supposed to do these things. We're not supposed to boast. We're not supposed to jest or do any of those things that tear people down. Our words are supposed to encourage and build up. And that's all through scripture. But what does the world look like? Does the world look like any of that? No, you mess up and they're gonna tear you down. You make a mistake and they're gonna tell you about yourself in front of people. Nobody's gonna pull you to the side and try to, hey man, nope, you're getting publicly shamed. Like any, any of these things, you go down the list, any of these things, they're gonna they're going boast, they're gonna dishonor. There's so many people that dishonor others how is that love when somebody's making fun of you and, and drawing a crowd to disrespect you? And then you would have to see that kind of stuff day after day after day. What? And then in their mind, you're friends. We're friends. I just mess with you. No big deal. We just mess with each other. That's what we do. I feel like you're talking lightly about my life story right now. We, are we touching on it? I'm just saying, you know. It's, a, it's an open book. I, I spent a lot of my, <laughs> my days being made a spectacle of. So I, I, as Tyreek was talking, I was picking up some things he was putting mm. down. <laughs> uh, the military <laughs> was hard. And by the way, um, I wanted to talk about some things that you had mentioned. First of all, the list you read off from 1 Corinthians 13, how many of those mm -hmm. things have actually been done and they've used the banner, I did this out of love. Think about relationships. Yep. I was just being like that because I love you. Come on. A lot of these things have been said and done out of, air quotes, love. Mm -hmm. Of course I got violent with you. It's only because I love you. Like, what? You know? <laughs> you know, when somebody hits you, when somebody strikes you, that means they like you. Like, yeah, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the do not does not envy. The word that came to my mind was also jealousy. And, and I've heard a lot of people that say, well, I, I'm just so jealous because I love you. I wish we'd just say the truth. I'm just so jealous because I have lust burning deeply mm. and I want you so mm -hmm. badly. Love 
doesn't make sense to the world because love is servant-minded. Servant-mindedness. That's why instead of somebody saying, you know, if you loved me, you'd give me what I want. Actually, mm-hmm. what should be said is, I love you, so therefore I'll serve. Yeah. I'll be servant-minded because that's who, the one that I learned this from, that's what he did. The one that I'm following, he washed feet. And so therefore I wash feet. That's love. Sacrificial love. To sacrifice oneself for another. I think Philippians 2 Two and three, I'm sorry, I think it's three and four. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. I think that, that encompasses what we're supposed to be doing with love. Here, here. I, I'm I was I'm listening to what you said and and I'm and I'm loving it. I'm loving what you're saying. I also was sitting here writing down uh more things that I that I've noticed over my time on earth and um according to the scripture that i just said love keeps no record of wrongs the lord says that separated that from as far as the east is from the west that sin that you had on is that far away from you as far as we're concerned and we look at this what does the world look like that when you make a mistake does the world forget it does the world let it go especially now once something's on the internet, that's it. Are you forgiven by the internet? No, there's no such thing. If I want to go find something, that thing that you did and somebody recorded it, I could go find that easy. If you like, they, it's made it to a place where there's no escaping your old self. You cannot, you cannot grow. You cannot be different. You cannot change because people keep attributing your mistakes that you made to you now when can you get a reprieve from who you used to be i have changed i have developed i've grown in the lord thank the lord almighty he's doing his work in my life can you please leave my past where my past is i'm a new creature in christ nah you used to be a whore and i'm gonna let you know about your whorish ways i'll never let you let it go even though you have a wife even though you have a child even though um, you have a home, you separated yourself. You're trying to be who you are called to be in Christ. No, no, no. There was a time. There was a time when you were this guy. There was a time when you couldn't keep your hands off of yourself. There was a time. There was a time when like you would you would eat everything and anything that was around. There was a time when you used to just fall asleep anywhere. You were just a sleepy boy. There was a time for those things. And the Bible tells us that there's a time and place for stuff. Once you grow, you're supposed to leave that childish stuff there. That's sin to us now. Like we, I, I can't go back there. That's not a place that I want to be. I'm trying to be Christ-like. And nothing about that is Christ-like. Any of it. It goes over here. Boasting. That's all you see social media, it, like anywhere you go, people are like, oh, people are like, oh, look where I'm at today. I'm at this spot. Oh, I just spent this much on some J's. Oh, look at these Yeezys. Like they, whatever it is, consumerism, coveting, all of these different things, people are boasting about what they have. 
even people that have nothing are boasting about what they used to be. Go, go, yo. Did you see me in college? Did you did you see me? Did you see me in high school? Used to kill it. Go check tape. Yeah, people will do that. They will <laughs> run it back to what they used to be because they're not anything now. And and they're boasting about yesteryear. <laughs> Fortnight ago. That's what they want to talk about. Like envy. All of those different kind of things, man. You see it in the world. The world does not love you, point blank, period. Now, let me just put that out there. The world does not love you. These people who say they love you, unless they understand the word of God, unless they are endowed with the Holy Spirit, unless they are walking toward, they're marching toward that mark, they're not going to be able to do what you would hope that they would do. It's not possible. So don't be mad at them. Be mad at the situation at hand. They have to grab it. You have to proclaim. If they can't hear, you have to separate. Knock the dust off your feet and move away. Because the longer you stay, the longer your wheat stays next to these tears, it's going to get harder and harder to differentiate what's what. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. And, and guys, look, we just want to call it out for what it is. We bring, we bring scripture. One thing I wanted to say, love is selfless, not selfish. And so that's another thing. Love in its essence is thinking about somebody else. I mean, I think it can all be boiled down to that. Think about someone else over yourself. That's it. I, I quoted this earlier, but I want to read it in entirety. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's about someone else. That's true love. All this self-love stuff, not here in Christianity. You, put your, you, you love the person next to you more than you love yourself because if you do that, you'd be willing to lay your life down for them because you value them more than you value yourself. Please don't harm them. Take me. Same thing you do for your children. Everyone here that's listening, if you have children and they were in danger, you've lived much longer than they have, you're going to give it up for your children. Same as Christ did for his children. So that's the kingdom message. What you just said in a nutshell is the kingdom message. If you are caring for your brother and sister in the Lord next to you more than you're caring for yourself, understand that that is a cyclical thing. If everybody is of the same mind and the same uh, spirit, everybody is the same mind, same body. If that is the case, it's a cyclical thing. As I'm caring for you, you more than I'm caring for myself, Walter, you're caring for me more than you're caring for yourself. Do you understand? We are covering down upon each other. That's a military you're, term. Yes. Mil- military term. Your I'm needs put are not going to go. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm going to put that into perspective. There's probably going to be a lot of military terms being used here in a minute. So go mm. ahead. No, no, no. Like, like, yeah. Cover, you're, covering down. Go ahead. You're only good as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. The, the person, mm-hmm. the person in the foxhole. If they don't care about you, there's a good chance you're going to die. So all, all of that comes into play. One team, one fight. 
All of this, those things can be put in Christianity. When Paul lays out the armor of God, he's talking about a Roman soldier. That is armor. Those are for battle and fight. And if we're all in this fight together, we can be effective. But if there's a couple people that could care less about the rest, those are gaps in the line. Ouchie, some things are going to slide in here now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No. And I think you're nailing it. I think you're nailing it home because like you said, when, when, when you're looking at it in that way, like you, like you just used the military term. When, when we joined the military, and I'm not trying to plug the military or anything like that. It's just, it's just a fact. That's where I met you. And they, these are what we're talking about here. When, when we talk about the military, we were lied to. We were sold a, a dream that it doesn't matter what you look like, the color of your skin, what, how you think, any of that. As long as you had this green on your family. You got the same uniform I got. That's all I see. All I see is green. That is a lie. That is not, I understand it's a great idea. It was a great, it's a great thought. It was a great thing that they were trying to put in practice. It's all crap. It's not true. Just like you have to search out the good here, out here in uh, the civilian world, you had to search out the good in the military. You can't buddy up with any old body in the military. These people do not, for the most part, have your best interest at heart. It's impossible for them. The scenarios that we go through in the military are difficult. The situations in which we find ourselves call for you to have a level of selfishness. You have to, because if you do not, you will be destroyed because the person next to you cares about themselves. You have leadership that cares about themselves and they will step on your head to level up. And, and that, that goes, and that's another topic as well, but I'm gonna lightly say mm-hmm. it now. That goes to the moral compass of society. It's not like it was. It's, no one has no one has a conscience anymore. Like you said, the military for me lightly felt like prison because you didn't know who was going to stab you in the back. It is prison. It, it, it so is prison. yeah, it, it it is. So like you you, Wilson. I want you guys to know this is this is a light plug because next week we are going to be talking about the military and the faith. So I want to mm-hmm. give you guys a preview. This is your consider this a light preview for next week. <laughs> I do not know for sure. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, but I want to, there may be some special scenarios if I can make it happen. If not, it'll just be me and Tyreek, which I love that too. Um, but <laughs> I don't have anything else for you guys. Tyreek, did you have any closing statements? The last thing I'll say here is just to, just to finish up what I said, you have to, you have to search out the good. You can't just go to any church and think that the love of God is going to be there. You can't just go to anybody who claims to be a believer in God without vetting them. The Bible tells us to test the spirit. You cannot test the spirit if you do not know how you are supposed to love, how are you are supposed to conduct yourself as a believer in Christ. You have to, you have to know in order to execute. You cannot execute without an understanding, without a plan, without a guideline. So understand, the last thing that I just wanna say is be in your word, 
understand that not everybody who claims Christ belongs to Christ. Understand that and move forward in, in, in love and understanding and wisdom and uh, knowledge and all you're getting, get understanding. And love is truly about selfless service. Like you said, understanding selfless service, get that, get those things and you will go far. You, you will do well to have those. Guys, we're so thankful that you came here and hung out with us tonight. We hope you would, you'll share, like, and subscribe. Again, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and also YouTube. Plethora of, of, of platforms now. We hope you'll join us. And like always, God bless. Love. We love you.